it's Charlie. If you don't know me, I'm a certified personal and career coach who helps you minimise your doubts and maximise your potential. Welcome to the Your Time to Grow podcast, where I talk through common questions I might be asked, share my tips, tricks and experience. Good morning. Well, actually, it might not be morning where you're listening, but it is here. So I'm recording this in the morning. So good morning, good afternoon, good day to you. Um, welcome to episode 122 of the Your Time to Grow podcast. It's me, Charlie, as always. Um, and I am thinking about energy cycles today. I'm preparing for a two-hour mastermind this afternoon with some really amazing women that I work with and we hold this mastermind monthly um, in the town where I live and I have a cake in the oven baking away uh, as I always, I think like we have better conversation over cake, right? So it brings us all together and, and we kind of start an informal chat and then we get down to business and we are uh, the kids have gone back to school so we are back into term time where I am and we've got seven weeks of term left and um, they break up quite late this year on my birthday actually 22nd of December Um, so really yeah we've got kind of seven full weeks of um, term time which is gonna be uh, tricky I think they're all going to be really ready for Christmas by the end and very tired um, but that gives me a good seven week period of productivity. Now I am a self-confessed early bird my partner is definitely a night owl and these are terms that were really commonly used and we use them to describe our productivity with our own energy cycles and thankfully we all have different energy cycles because otherwise there'd be no one available for those early morning calls to 111 with a sick child that always falls down to me um and some folks are full of energy all day and night and others have a few productive hours in a day i am most productive in the morning in fact i would say that i'm most productive between 5 and 7 a.m and then again between like 10 and 12 which is the time that I'm recording this podcast and your energy cycles are dependent on everything from your natural rhythms to the ways in which you take care of yourself and as I'm sure you've heard a gazillion times by now sleep diet and exercise will all have a genuine impact on the way that you function so let's just have a little kind of thought around peak energy for work so you will tend as I've already said to be the most productive for a few hours um, into your work day so let's assume you start in the morning this will probably be around 10 or 11 a.m or so after lunch the energy will decline and hit a low around mid-afternoon and this process is natural and it's the reason why naps are encouraged around this time of day and then from there people will generally hit another peak around 6 p.m And I would encourage you to take some time to notice your own energy patterns through the day. You might also take this a step further and think about how the moon, the seasons and other natural cycles affect you. Now, once you know what your own 
uh, energy cycle looks like, you can restructure your day so that you're tackling the most difficult tasks when your energy levels are naturally higher and rest or do easier tasks when they're naturally lower. But what if you could take this idea beyond just your daily schedule and start optimising your time and effort across weeks or months or even years? So I've been an advocate for working in smaller chunks of time for a few years, um, probably since I set up my own business and by then I was a mum of two and so setting goals when you've got people who depend on you uh, and and responsibility so it, it might not be kids in my case it was kids um can feel really tricky and I just like right in those early days I felt like I was never achieving anything and I'm an overachiever so you know I know that about myself um but I wanted you know to kind of find a way that worked for me and the idea of setting an annual goal uh, but not planning it never kind of really worked and so for the last couple of years I went I went on a uh, a webinar called uh, actually no I think it was a workshop um with uh, a friend of mine Anne and she talked about working smarter not harder and I was like oh actually yeah I could I could run with that and so for the last couple of years I've used the 12 week year method which has worked really well for me so it's a book um by Brian Moran I think if you google 12 week year or whatever browser you use um you'll find it and and essentially what he says is that when we set an annual goal we kind of go oh that's really far away I've got plenty of time to do this and then it creeps up on you and you think oh stuff it I haven't done this I haven't achieved this goal or I haven't even started the goal and I wanted to get it done by the end of the year. It's now November. Meh. I'll either shove it over into next year or I will like just take it off the list. Clearly, I can't get this done. Um, and I think it's it's a bit of an extreme variation on the thoughts we have around multitasking. So, you know, and I've talked about this before and, and I, I always give the same example and it's a bit of a you know, it's not work related, but it's it's an example that everybody can relate to. Um, you go to, you know, put on the washing and there's already washing in the washing machine. So you like, right, OK, I'm going to need to rewash that or I'm going to need to put that load of washing on. And then you have to hang it out and then you go to take it off the line or whenever you've dried it on. And your like receptacle that you use for putting the washing in is full. So you're like, right, okay, I better unload that and then put that all away. And so in order to do the washing, you it takes you about five steps. And then in the meantime, you you go, right, okay, well, I'm going to go and do that. And you walk into to a bedroom and it looks like a tip. And you think, right, well, before I can even put the clothes away, I need to tidy up that. And so before long, the job that you were going to do, which was to put the washing on, has taken six hours because in the meantime, you've tidied up bedrooms, you've um, hoovered, you've got, you know, snacks for the kids or whatever. You've been multitasking. And I feel like it's a bit like that when we set an annual goal. And so that's what Brian talks about in this 12 week uh, year method, that actually if we split our goal into 12 weeks rather than 12 months, we choose uh smaller goals 
and we break them down. And so each of those weeks kind of represents a month. And we say, OK, what can I achieve over this next 12 week period? And 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 you get really specific about what you think you can achieve within that time rather than being like, oh, I'm going to. So my my big annual goal, don't get me wrong, I do set a big annual goal. So my big annual goal this year was to um, run or walk uh, 20, 22 kilometres. And obviously I can't do that in 12 weeks. So what I did was I split it and I said, okay, you know, uh, what's 2022 divided by um, four or whatever into, yeah, into three month periods? And and, and what do I need to hit in that time? And how am I going to do that? And then what does that look like in a week? And what does that look like in, in a day? Um, and I'll I'll come back to that kind of goal a little bit later on. But anyway, that's the that's the thought process behind it. That that if we set uh, four twelve week goals over the year, then we are much more likely to achieve them because we really focus our minds on that twelve week period. Um, and then in twenty twenty one, I took a six week challenge to update my website, and I realised that actually this shorter cycle worked even better for me. I found that it fitted in with my natural energy and enthusiasm, as well as fitting within the school term, which was an added bonus for me and my family. So, um, essentially, what happened was that in that twelve week cycle that did work really well. I would find that I would get kind of six, seven weeks in and then my enthusiasm, my motivation, my energy would just start dipping and I would have to really slog through the last four weeks of it. Um, however, you cannot increase your productivity forever. There's a threshold which once you've crossed it means that working doesn't produce anything of value and often leads to increased stress and burnout. And so I found at the end of this six week challenge that I'd achieved loads and I was really proud of myself and I was exhausted. In fact, I was so exhausted, it took me another three months to replenish my energy. I'd reached my threshold. So in this year, I intentionally planned my goals around an eight week cycle, six weeks in flow and two weeks to rest. And during that first cycle in, in the January time this year, I got five weeks into the six weeks and actually felt really fresh. And I took it really slow as per my intention for the whole year and really connected uh, with myself. And I noticed two big benefits. So the first was whether you set long or short cycles, the whole purpose of them is to prioritise your goals. So most of us get distracted, we get interrupted, we have to deal with urgent tasks. In fact, research shows that most uh, knowledge workers spend around 80% of their day in meetings, doing busy work and on calls and emails. However, once you start thinking of your work in larger cycles, it forces you to decide what's most important, not just today, but on a larger timescale. And the second thing was the seasons of work and rest. So just like setting daily cycles based on your energy for the day, setting longer productivity cycles allows you to balance periods of work with periods of rest. And this gives you the mental space to work on bigger challenges and get creative, which is something you can't do if you're drowning in work. And I like to think of these cycles like seasons. 
And one of the biggest benefits that I found is that you don't need to force the motivation because if there's a fixed timeline, so for example, six or 12 week goals or sprints, if you speak in the language of Scrum, uh, then you know that you can commit for that period of time. You can experiment, you can try new things and you can get curious. So as I said, I accidentally discovered that a six week cycle works the best for me. Uh, and there are books that you can get for helping you with the 12 week cycle um, as I mentioned, the, the Brian Moran, or even a two-week sprint uh, if you prefer an even shorter cycle. Um, but what if you want to set your own uh, cycle? What if it's not a, a nice, you know, uh, six or two-week cycle that you work in? So here's a really uh, quick guide on how to decide on, how to create and commit to your own cycle of productivity. So the first thing to do is to start with a habit. The best cycles are habitual. In other words, you do them almost without thinking about it. So the best way to um, build habits is to start small. So think about what you want your productivity cycle to be. Do you want to do a weekly review? If so, block out regular time in your calendar. Do you want to write every day? Perhaps committing to just 100 words or setting a goal of writing for 20 minutes. Starting small reduces procrastination and you can build your action into habit. And the reason it reduces procrastination is because our brain doesn't go, oh, that feels a bit overwhelming, that goal. I don't think I'll do, uh, oh, I'll maybe start it tomorrow. It, it's all about taking one tiny, tiny, tiny step at a time. And so, you know, a hundred words is about a paragraph if you're going to write something or um, I don't know. Like, so I started off with running a mile after my industry uh, injury and I thought I can I can do a mile or I can walk a mile. Um, and that's kind of where I started. Uh, you might have um, a big project at work or you might be looking for a job. And so I would say, OK, let's start by doing uh half an hour a week and really focus your search on your plan a job for example rather than getting carried away and looking at all jobs that are available to you just really focus the second thing is to review your process so for a cycle to work and to become a habit you need to understand the processes that you use so check to make sure that they're clear and specific it's more difficult to write a cycle to come up with a weekly growth strategy. Um, but if you create one where you write down 10 new ideas for bringing in customers, uh, it's much more specific and measurable because the first is really vague. And so your brain can't comprehend what the actual steps would be. And it goes, oh, uh, yeah, overwhelm. Sorry, I can't think. I'll, I'll, I'll do it another day. Our brain is the best procrastinator ever. So in terms of reviewing your process, think about what do you actually do? What happens first? What do you need to be aware of? And note these down until you start to see what clearly needs to be done. And you could do this um, in like a practice exercise for thinking about, you know, brushing your teeth. So what do you actually have to do? Will you have to uh, walk into wherever you keep your toothbrush? So ours is in the bathroom. Um, you have to pick it up you have to uh, take the lid off the toothpaste if you use a tube you have to squeeze a little bit on then you put the lid back on 
then maybe you put a bit of water on the toothpaste, then you brush your teeth for two minutes. But specifically, you might say, well, I, I brush the, so let me think about how I do it. So I brush like the back teeth on the left side first, and then I come around and I brush the back teeth on the right side, and then I brush the like all along the, the front at the top, um, and then I do the, the bottom in the same way because I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> and um, and then I would spit out the toothpaste and then rinse the toothbrush and put it back in the toothbrush holder and then I would leave the bathroom. And it sounds ridiculous uh, to break it down like that, but because, because actually that is a, a very simple uh, example. But when you're faced with a really big project, it's breaking it down and breaking it down and breaking it down until you know what the first tiny step is. So in our toothbrushing example, it is walking to the bathroom or wherever you keep your toothbrushes. Um, because you can't, you know, take the cap off if you're nowhere near the toothpaste. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah, write it down. So it might be a really long process. And the other thing is that you might say, oh, this is really long winded. I could make this shorter by keeping a toothbrush in the kitchen for example um so i don't have to go all the way upstairs or i could use um a different toothpaste or toothpaste powder that i just dip in and do it that way like it doesn't really matter you you can see where the things that take the time are and what you need to tweak um and then step 3 decide on the frequency so where do you want your cycle to take place? So your answer will depend on the cycle itself as well as a few other criteria. I would, in fact, if you haven't done it already, I would, in fact, pause this podcast and go and grab a pen because I am going to give you one, two, three, four, five, five questions. Um, so the first is, how much flexibility do you need? So is this cycle based on something you're confident in and perhaps have a checklist for? Or are you doing something where you're experimenting and you need more time to play around with it? Don't try to formalise a system if you're unsure of yourself. Number two, what's your skill level? So is your cycle based on something that you can do in your sleep and you don't need to reinforce? Or is this a skill you're still building? Longer cycles can uh, cause your skills and your interests to deteriorate. Number three, what level of quality are you going for? So sometimes formalising tasks, especially creative ones, you can lose some of your spark, whilst other times it might improve your output. So for that, think about, um, I think it was the England rowing team is what I say. I think, and the book is called, Can the Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? I think that's what it's called. Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? Um, and it's about uh, improving just like 1% of something to get uh, incremental gains. Um, number four, who else do you work with? Does this cycle depend on other people? Make sure you communicate what you're doing and your timing lines up. And number five, when do you do your best work? So understanding when you do your best work and make sure that you optimise when you uh, schedule these cycles. And the final step is step four, don't forget, actually I'm going to rephrase that, remember to leave time reflection and celebration 
So in our rush to do more, we often forget the power of celebrating what we've accomplished. Paradoxically, we see regular process as one of the biggest motivators, yet too many of us ignore the small wins and rush into what's next on our plate. Most productive tasks follow a similar flow. So idea plus start is greater than action plus progress, which is greater than completion. So at that point, most of us go back to the start and look for new ideas to work on. Instead, at the end of the cycle, create some time to reflect and celebrate and rest ahead of the next cycle. And that's what I have been doing um, with my six-week cycle. So given that they run essentially the length of a half term, what I'm trying to do is take that that half term or like end of term as a, a break and I try not to work during that time and I just focus on spending time with the kids and then like I am this morning I'm like oh yeah I'm really ready to get back to work and I'm really looking forward to it that's not to say that my brain doesn't kind of go to oh I need to do this or I need to do that in which case I make a note of it um if it's urgent and I think oh my gosh I haven't done that really important thing well yeah sure I make time to do it but otherwise I make note of it and say I will do that when the cycle restarts you know on the 1st of November or whenever it is So I hope that's given you some um, food for thought about your natural energy cycles. And I would just say, like, I definitely find that I like to start new things at this time of year. Autumn is is a time where I look back and I go, oh, yeah, I started running in the autumn. I um, I started that new project. And and honestly, I think it stems from uh, like starting school in September you know, we're all like, oh, we've got new stationery, we're ready for a new school year. And I find the academic year works better for me than the uh, kind of annual year. Um, and yeah, it's just something that I've noticed over the, the, the well, probably over the last six months, actually, um, in really kind of thinking about cycles and, and how they work for me. So um, let me know if, uh, if you find, if you have a cycle that works already for you, um, or if you need any help, then please get in touch. So thanks so much for listening. I do really appreciate um, every listener and all the support that you give and the feedback that I get from you. If you have found value in what I've had to say today, or if it's triggered a kind of response in you, and you want to know more or you want to seek help and you don't quite know who to, to go to, then please get in touch over at yourtimetogrow.com. You'll find um, there's a let's uh, connect, let's talk button that you can get in touch with me directly or there are loads of other resources on the website and on